0: Would you like to have a
1: conversation about? I'd like to have a conversation about Ex Machina. Hello, I am Professor Robert E. G. Black, and this is Minutia Ex Machina. With me today is Bubba Wheat from It's Time to Rewind.
0: Welcome. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Now, we're talking about Ex Machina today. So what is, like, did you see this film when it was in theaters? What's your history? No, the, the
0: first time that I watched this movie it's it was a movie that i was aware of and it was a film that i had wanted to see i remember the conversations whenever the film came out it's like everybody on my social media loved it and so like i i saw all the, the gifs of oscar isaac dancing <laughs> but I didn't end up watching it until you told me about this this podcast, so but, uh, I think Tours really loved it. And it, it made me realize that I, I think I'm I'm a big Alex Garland fan, because like I, I went and looked him up, and it's like, oh yeah, I love that, and I love that, and I'm, I love that. And uh, even though at this point, I've completely forgotten what it's, what his other works are. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, one of them I covered in a previous podcast, Annihilation. I am a bigger fan of his writing than his directing. There's certain tics he has as a director that bug me. In fact, in this minute, we get some of that. But yeah, I'm definitely a fan of his with uh, his writing on Dread. He wrote the book for the beach. Uh, What's the sun one called? I want to say sunrise, but that feels wrong. Sunshine. Sunshine, that's it. (laughs) Like, is not sunrise. And then my brain got stuck and I couldn't think of it. And of course, Annihilation, which I covered similar to this one episode a week. There's not much in this minute. It is basically the pilot dropping Caleb off in a field and then telling him to follow the river. We got a little bit of dialogue. pilot is continuing sort of punchline because he asked when they were going to get to the estate. And he says, we've been flying over his estate for the past two hours.
0: Yeah. And that's, that line kind of stuck out, stuck out to me. I mean, there's not a whole lot of lines here. So I was curious and, and I looked up, you know, the, the average flight speed of a <laughs> helicopter nice. is about 160 miles per hour. So that means if they've been flying for two hours, then they would have spanned over 300 miles in that direction and arguably, there's probably at least a hundred miles in the opposite direction, since you'd imagine this building wouldn't be at least somewhat centrally located on his estate. Probably, yeah. And not like near the the edge. So I was curious, and I looked up the uh, the largest ranch in America <laughs> is in Texas, and it's nearly eight hundred square miles. Wow! But if you want to go bigger than that the largest piece of privately owned land in the world is in the Australian Outback. And it's an 8,800 square mile ranch.
1: Wait, 8,000? Yes. Wow. It's interesting because the thing this line made me think of, I mentioned this last episode is from quickly down under. Cause he asks, when do we get to Marston's ranch? And We've been on his bloody land for the last two days. <laughs> of course for them, they're, they're traveling in a horse drawn wagon. So. Two days could be a while. Mm -hmm. We uh, cut from inside the helicopter to the waterfall. I didn't write down the location this time, but I think they're still by the glacier I mentioned last time. And I will mention some specific things because my complaint later. The helicopter is flying over us, like coming toward the camera and flying over. And then we get sort of a reverse because the helicopter is now flying away from us. And then the helicopter lands with the it's now coming toward the camera again. And that gets to my complaint. Uh, it'll come a little worse a little later after they're landed. He switches angles sometimes arbitrarily, and unfortunately, not dramatically. <laughs> he will often alter an angle by like a couple degrees for a close up, which you can do. But if you do it all the time, it gets kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I didn't notice that whenever I was watching it, but I I did look at you know you shared your notes and and I saw that note and I watched it again. It's like yeah that's that's weird. it's it's it kind of it's almost like Wayne's world the the camera one camera, mm-hmm. camera one. camera two.
1: Camera
0: one, camera two.
1: Camera one. camera two. Camera one. camera two. Camera one, camera two. Camera one, camera two.
0: Camera one,
1: camera two. The helicopter, by the way, in case you care about that kind of sort of thing, is a Eurocopter EX-120 Calibri with the false registration of NX-09-LO. I don't know who issues license numbers like this internationally, but the FAA has not issued numbers with NX since 1948. So this number, you wouldn't really see this number on a helicopter still in operation. We cut from the helicopter landing where we're looking at the front. I have more details about the angles later, but <laughs> the side of the same shot, the helicopter on the ground as the pilot opens his door, exits, and then opens the other door, takes out a suitcase, and then Caleb starts to appear. And we hear a little more conversation. You're leaving me here. This is as close as I'm allowed to get to the building. Caleb looks around and says, what building? Pilot tells him to follow the river. He says, got it. I don't think he does. And the pilot tells him, keep your head down and get clear of the rotors, which actually made me look that up too. I was thinking, do you actually have to keep your head down near a helicopter? And apparently the blades can kind of fluctuate and wave up and down. So it is dangerous if you're tall. Yeah, I don't think I had that problem when I went on a helicopter. I was a kid.
0: Yeah. And, and him saying that, you know, it reminded me of, of a story that i had heard, especially because with my podcast, I'm uh, covering some episodes of the Twilight Zone. hmm and there's that famous Twilight Zone tragedy oh, the from movie, the, yeah. the movie where there was a helicopter stunt. And it, it unfortunately killed the uh, actor, Vic Morrow, and the, the two child actors, yep. Micah Dinley and Renee Shin chen
1: Yeah, I talked about that on Into the Night Minute because the director of that film was Joe Landis. And it's interesting you're talking about that now, though, because we just recently... But this past weekend, had an accident on a film set. Yeah. Alec Baldwin shot the cinematographer, and I'm not sure exactly how the director also got injured because it was a single bullet, probably some sort of shrapnel or something. I don't know. Yeah, I,
0: I haven't heard any definitive details. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of misinformation. The one thing that I somewhat dislike about that is most of the media outlets, they focus on the fact that Alec Baldwin is the one that shot yeah. the gun. Yes. And that's over nine times out of 10, it's not his fault and it, and it shouldn't be labeled as his fault. The, right. the fault lies on the the stunt coordinators, the the prop departments, the ones that are responsible for checking. And they, they shouldn't even be pa- called prop guns because they are real guns just loaded with blanks. Yeah. But still, all the media outlets are are like Alec Baldwin shots, the assistant director.
1: Yeah. Since we're talking about her name is Helena Hutchins, and she was killed. And then the director, Joel Souza, was also injured. That was just a few days ago as we're recording this. So yeah, accidents can happen on sets like this. I assume the way they did the cameras later that I have notes on, that they landed the helicopter once. And then changed angles once actors are in place. This might be the actual pilot. I don't know. I believe he's the person listed in the credits as Jay. His name is Corey Johnson. There aren't many characters in this movie, so narrowing it down, who's who. Jay might have been someone at the office. I don't remember. Caleb doesn't take the... uh... (laughs) I noted this because I've already said in this show that I think the movie wants us to believe that Caleb isn't human. (laughs) I also don't think it matters. I think that's the point of the movie is it doesn't matter whether he is also AI or a human because they've gotten to a point where the behaviors are the same. But
0: I put in my notes here,
1: he doesn't take this command entirely literally rather than just lean his head forward. He leans very like he's hunched over at the waist.
0: I took that to mean as, you know, he was almost taking it, not necessarily too literally, but he was kind of taking that warning to the extreme to where yeah. he was like entirely, he was incredibly afraid of <laughs> potentially getting injured by the helicopter. So he yeah. like crouches down as low as possible until the helicopter is a safe distance away.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we cut to, I haven't, I think in my notes at this point, so I'll skip ahead to my list. We cut to a different angle and the helicopter takes off and then another angle for it flying away. So what I have is a list of shots. Number one, what seems to be a crane-held camera lowering to the ground with the helicopter for the landing shot. Number two, roughly 90 degrees right of that. I marked it as a locked-off shot here, but it is apparently attached to something that moves So we come back to it. Number three is about 100 degrees back the other direction. So we actually pass up the angle we had in the first place. We're closer to the helicopter And it's a slight truck to the left and pan to the right. I've seen some behind the scenes footage from Annihilation. I haven't looked at any from this yet, but he liked to use the simple little cart that they put on short tracks and move it around and they can change the angle, change the height all in the same movements. Number four here, back to number one, which is now trucking left and panning right, like the other one. Then number five, back to number three, except reframed because the helicopter rather than being center is now off to the left and so caleb becomes a focus because it pans a little to the right and then number six back roughly to number two now trucking to the left for the helicopter to leave
0: yeah and, and none of the shots really change focus for not like they're all about roughly the same distance
1: yeah they could have done this with basically two and this might be Two setups, just there's so much movement between what they edited that the jumps are more jarring, at least for me. Because I got, I got where I was kind of really bugged by this in Annihilation after seeing it over and over <laughs> in different setups. The helicopter disappears behind a tree, and Caleb
0: is left alone with his suitcase. A nice end to the minutes. Yeah. yeah. I like how this is minute three, and it already sets up the amount of secrecy and restrictions that Nathan has placed on this. Oh, yeah. and I, st- I still think it's uh, funny. Like, you know, my my online name is Bubba Wee, My real name is Nathan. And it bugs me. Not Not so much it bugs me, but I feel like I run into so few characters named Nathan <laughs> in movies that it's weird whenever it happens.
1: I'm trying to think of other ones right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like Nathan is that unusual of a name it, it no it's doesn't... in the bible i mean yeah it seems like there should be a lot of nathans and like the only actor that's relatively popular is nathan fillion yeah and that's about it mm-hmm. it comes up in some minor roles here and there but it's actually pretty rare to uh, have a uh, pop culture character named nathan
1: i'm remembering a nate was that on six feet under i think the older brother was nate
0: possibly i haven't seen that show
1: So I guess I don't like to have like, I think on on your show, you had a thing where you ask how long were people in the time loop? We'll talk more about time loops tomorrow. I don't really want to make this a question, but I guess I kind of have to is, what do you think of the idea of Caleb being an AI?
0: It's actually not something that I really gave any thought to in terms of watching this. Like I I didn't do a whole lot of reading or digging into podcasts after yeah. watching it and, and it has been years since it came out. So any sort of discussion about that is uh, has pretty much left, left my memory, <laughs> but I I never really got that impression, even though he does. Yeah. I, I felt like that was just him getting messed with this, like the this, this, the entire situation was just messing with his head so much because he's isolated and he is almost 100% deep into this experiment. Yeah. Buddy, your head's been so fucked with.
1: I don't think it's me whose head is fucked. I don't know, man. I woke up this morning to a tape of you slicing your arm open and punching the mirror.
0: You seem pretty fucked up to me. And I never really gave it a thought. Well, maybe he is an AI. I just thought, wow, this is really messing with his head.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. As I've said, I think the film wants us to consider it. But I also think some of their editing choices, I hope it was on purpose. Because I feel like some of what Garland does, we don't see a lot of the downtime. Once the experiment is going from like day two through like four, we don't see much else. And it's like all of Caleb's day is have a conversation with Eva and then maybe a moment of dinner. (laughs) Like we don't (laughs) see any in-betweens. And that adds to my impulse to like want him to be that. And I don't know why I want him to be that.
0: I mean, it does add an extra level to it. And I think it also adds to Ava's punishment of him at the end. Yeah.
1: Especially it, we don't know what kind of uh, reasons Nathan's people would have to come check on him if he hadn't made contact. I mean, the pilot's not allowed to go to his house, so I assume no one will go to the house if they're not told to. And if he is an AI, he can live longer. <laughs> <laughs> he'll know soon, for sure. Yeah, Because either he'll die in a few weeks or he'll just last until someone bothers to check. <laughs> Anything else for Minute 3 of Ex Machina? No, I, I
0: think that's that's all I've got.
1: It's a fairly straightforward minute. Yeah. So other than you'll be back for tomorrow, different show.
0: Where can the listeners hear you otherwise? Well, my main site is flights, I have written reviews of over 500 superhero and comic book movies there. My main podcast right now is it's time to rewind where I take a look at time loop TV shows and movies one loop at a time. The first season was Groundhog Day. And the second season, I'm digging into some Twilight Zone episodes. And I also have another podcast called Film Wise, and that's W-H-Y-S. It's now a monthly podcast where each episode, a guest comes on and introduces me to a classic or a modern classic film that I've never seen before. And one that they love. And in return, I introduced them to a superhero or comic book movie that they've never seen before.
1: <laughs> I actually haven't listened to that show yet, but the premise is, I'm very amused by that idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been introduced to a lot of great films, and I've introduced my guests to a wide range of good, bad, and otherwise films. <laughs> See, if I'm coming
1: on a show like that or I'm hosting a show like that, I would be tempted to make people watch crap because <laughs> I have a tendency to watch horrible films just as much as I watch good ones and deliberately so. Thank you for listening. Minutia x Machina is just one part of an existential trilogy of podcasts. Tune in every Tuesday for more x Machina, every Wednesday for the Ground Talk Day project, minute by minute, and every Thursday for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. Follow this show on Twitter at Ex Minutia on Instagram at minutia underscore X underscore machina or Facebook at minutia x machina. I wish I could have got those to match. It'd be so much easier to remember. If you look up minutia x machina, you'll find them. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com or join the Facebook group, Lemming Drop Studio Tour. Also, you can support all of my shows at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Until next time.
0: What imperative does a gray box have to interact with another gray box? Can consciousness exist without interaction? The real test
1: is to show you that she's a robot, and then see if you still feel she has consciousness. Hmm. Tell me, when that first show is over Will you still love me when I'm an incredibly humongoid giant star? Yeah Will you still love me when I'm in my hanging out with Ravi Shankar phase? Yeah Will you still love me when I'm in my carbohydrate, sequin jumpsuit Young girls in white cotton panties Waking up in a pool of your own vomit Bloated, purple, dead on a toilet phase? Yeah Okay, party, bonus